Match day 11 in the books. Big losses around the grounds. Arsenal undefeated no more. Tottenham undefeated no more. Liverpool dropping points. Only ones near the top. Man City keep rolling with a 6-1 victory against Bournemouth. Near the bottom, Sheffield get their first win. Big ups to them. Burnley keep losing. We'll cover all that was for Match Day 11 and more in this episode of the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! <laughs> Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Drama from day one! This is the league we want to watch! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Premiership Perusal Podcast. This week, lots of controversial refereeing decisions. Cooking. There was some cooking by the refs. (laughs) Yes, some home cooking. I I think we talked about it in the summer, and I'm just going to pat myself on the back. I said it was going to get worse this year and that they're just going to tank it so they just get rid of VAR. I think that's where this ends up. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it seems like they I think I think they're just going to sandbag it and get rid of it. They're nuts. And then they'll say, yeah. I, I mean, this is just ridiculous. It's like when you get to the point of these games being delayed as long as they are, when you get to the right calls not even being made, I don't know, four out of five times the right calls made, it feels like it should be, it's there to make sure it's 100% right. But... I mean, it's it's a very low clip for what it should be, no? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe we'll get into it as we go on. Let's get into one that, that didn't didn't have to do with VAR. No just controversy at all. <laughs> yes. Just, it was. just Burnt Leno saves. Real soft shots at Burnt Leno. Yeah. A complete lack of tactics pretty much throughout the whole game. Obviously, United, that's that's kind of their ammo. First half... Um, not a whole lot of action. There was the one offside goal that was pretty tight. McTom. McTom, leading goal scorer. Leave it McTom. to McTom. Yeah, it's, they're just robbing him. Yeah. That's what was so funny. The announcer in the game was like, yeah, it's not even their attacker scoring. It's McTominay these days. Absolutely. I mean, he's the guy. He's They got to hold him back. Otherwise, he might win the golden boot. So true. Scotland would be unstoppable. Yes. Uh, Anyways, first half, a lot of giveaways from both sides. Neither side really looking all that threatening in terms of good chances. Um, Went into halftime, nil-nil. Second half, I thought United, uh, rather, 
I was going to say Fulham. Fulham looked a lot better. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. Their chances were crazy. We talked about everyone's memeing on Onana. I think the time to buy Onana stock was last week, like you're saying, because he's been playing a lot better, even though he's getting clowned on. In this game, too, I mean, he was exposed a lot by the defense, and he, he came up big a couple times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Fulham started better to the second half. United looked really bad going forward. I mean, they their attack at this point is like... It's just dribbles. It's just crossing up in terms of switch-up play and then just dribbles. And I guess like certain little like kind of layoff handoffs around the, the edge of the box, but there's no misdirection. There's no cutting edge to the attack. It's very much uh, cut and dry and not in a good way. Yeah, you got Hoyland out on an island there, getting absolutely no service whatsoever. You got Rashford, mm-hmm. who's just been horrendous. And then you got a spinning man. I mean, man this, I have to who say, who can't even spin anymore. He can't. He can't it's, spin. It's uh, it's pretty funny that did you see the Southgate thing about the national team? Uh, what specifically? He it was about well he was asked like what he thought of Cole Palmer and stuff like that and I there's plenty of guys that could get up over Cole Palmer it's not the Cole Palmer point but he's like who would I drop and I'm thinking I don't know the guy who has like no goals this year Marcus Rashford what has he done yeah true but there's no but that's that's political you can't drop Marcus Rashford from the national team that would be riots from United fans that's all they have. Minus their one Carabao Cup. Their one trophy in 10 years. That's true. I sound salty. I, I honestly would be okay if United were good because it means I wouldn't have to watch bad football. But unfortunately, I hate them because I have to watch bad football. Yes, they are very bad. They don't even have like the occasional... Like just 4-1, and they just crush a team. That doesn't even happen. It's just classic, just grind out games it's so bad yeah there were some long stoppages for injuries in the second half then after that united started to find a little bit more going forward but still not really creating chances i thought part of that was fulham just really took their foot off the gas too honestly yeah Yeah, for sure and it all came down to the very end the 90th minute some horrendous Defending that Paulina, no, well, Paulina starts it by clearing the ball straight up the field on the ground, not in the air, on the ground, just sends it straight up the middle of the field from his own box. So that's strike one. And yeah. then there's a couple like crappy handoffs that they've been doing the whole time. And then Tim Ream just got cooked on it. And it's like, how did you, what, what happened? It wasn't Tim, even a good play. Yeah. Tim Ream got cooked. Paulina got cooked twice, I believe. Mm-hmm. Anthony Robinson got cooked. It was a calamity of errors out of the back from Fulham. There's no way that goal should have ever happened, but it does. United it gifted a goal, Bruno Fernandes scoring it, 1-0 United. Take home all three points. As much as we don't think, yeah, as much as we don't want to say United didn't deserve that, I've I've been beaten to the drum of Fulham are scaring me. I don't trust them for a while. They should have easily lost the opening game to Everton. But the game that they lost to Chelsea, 
the Mudrick goal, you know, okay, you can see that. Even then, it was a fan header. But, like, the second goal they got, it's just, like, Tim Ream just being lazy and sloppy, and he, like, clears it off Brosian And, like, I don't know. It's just their team, it doesn't have the vibe that it did last year. And I don't think Silva's picking the right team frequently, but it definitely is a lacking edge. The only real, like, decent guy they added to the team was Awobi. But yet they'll strut out guys like Raul Jimenez. I just don't understand. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, troubling times in Fulham. United? Land. Anything to say about United, Sam? Well, they didn't deserve this win. That's that's about all I have to say about United. Does it feel like Bruno's had 200 Man U appearances now? Uh, is that total? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I suppose that feels about right. Yeah. I mean, he plays like every game, so. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Other than that, yeah, there's not, not much to say about this. They had a howler midweek against uh, Copenhagen blowing that lead. Yeah. That's Classic. the state of Man U. Garnacho silencing the Copenhagen crowd, blowing a lead. And then uh, the Copenhagen manager coming out afterwards saying, yeah, that was our worst game we played in the Champions League so far. Theater of Nightmares. When it rains, when it rains, it pours for United. Sure does. Move on to the next match. Brentford versus West Ham. A little bit more interesting in this one. Got off yeah, to an early one. start. This one was pretty good. Uh, your guy, Neil Maupai, right off the bat. Neil Maupai? Can you believe that? it? Well, I kind of can because it wasn't like a highly skilled Yeah, goal, that's true. Know? Yeah. Brentford taking <laughs> the lead 11 minutes in after West Ham to struggle to clear their lines. Onyeka has a go at goal, but it kind of just scuffs and falls to Neil Maupai. He's yes. able to tap it in. In an empty net. Scores for the first he time was in so like hype. 14 months or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Something like that. Insane. Brentford, Neil that... Maupai. Watch out. Uh, yep. Okay. I'll hold you to it. This is... Good response from West Ham, though. This is really going to set him off. Uh, yeah. West Ham. Pull one back just eight minutes later. Kudus. With a... Spectacular finish. Yeah, that was nice. uh, Kind of the acrobatic bike. Yeah, a little side side volley. Yeah. Was it posted or just far net? Might have just been far net, but still, that was that was a nice goal. Yeah, first time, beautiful. And then five minutes later, West Ham grab a second. Ben Rama putting in the cross for Kudus again. Hits the post. Hits the post. Rebound falls to Bowen, taps in. Great response. I've been there. in Fuego calling calling the attackers right now. I said that they got to get Kudus going, mm-hmm. and we'll get to Doku in a second. But man, I I felt like they really could have used a bit more of a spark, mainly because I just felt like you know, Paqueta really hasn't had it going lately. It was yeah. interesting to see Ben Rama get in there too. Uh. But, yeah, the Antonio and Bone kind of up top in this one. 
Ward Prowse has finally cooled down now. This is more like Southampton. Ward Prowse, where he kind of goes silent for a little bit. Mm-hmm. No one really singing his praises, and then he pops off for a four-game stretch, and people are like, oh, James Ward Prowse. James Ward Prowse. It's, it's Robin Williams. Um, yeah, a couple of chances towards the end of the first half. Kudus had a break. Bowen rolling across the back post. Antonio missing on a wide that was open net. Absurd. Absurd. That's that. Yeah. When I was saying he had a rough go, that's kind of what I was implying. That yeah. that was inexcusable. Well, the West Ham striker position is very cursed. They're forever stuck with Mikel Antonio because everyone else just apparently sucks. One of the four highlights I've seen from Syria this year was Skamaka had like a goal where it was like a kind of a cutback pass, and he had this like insane back heel finish that went to the far post. I was like, at no point could he ever even like think about doing that for West Ham. That would never, ever happen. No, never. Uh, late chance for Mbumo, but his shot fizz just wide. Went into halftime, two to one West Ham with the lead. But Brentford score early in the second half, 55 minutes in. Through a Mavropanos own goal from a oh, corner. Yeah. I was calling for him to get some game time, and this is how he repays me. Who, with an yeah, who let this man cook? Who let this man cook? Mavropanos. Well, you know, I don't blame you for calling for it because something had to change. But I think it's more Kurt the cat kicker has to be out there, not Aguilar. But what yeah. do I know? Yeah, it was kind of a weird one. Like, he was trying to clear it over the goal, but mm-hmm. it did not work out whatsoever. No, and then he got a yellow, like, right after that. It was really kind of just like a rough, like, five, ten-minute stretch for Mr. Mavropanos. Yeah. And uh, West, uh, Brentford, rather, taking the lead 69 minutes in. Jensen putting a great cross to the back post. Nathan Collins with a... Thumping header. Or the winner. Can someone, can someone buy Matthias Jensen? Like a like a top six team? I think teams are blind to Brentford other than Ivan Tony. Maybe they don't wanna yeah, they don't they see the money ball aspect and they think, oh, it's just smoke and mirrors and you know, if we bought like Neil Moppy, that's the only guy from Brentford who keeps getting bought. <laughs> it's something about the striker because it's Moppy. It's Ollie Watkins and now Ivan Tony. True. That's the only thing you can buy from him, I guess. And goalkeepers. Yeah, yes, I guess David Ryan. No one's going to be buying Flecken from them, I don't think, <laughs> unless it's a backup. Yeah, that's a backup sure. role. Uh, so that was an interesting game. Interesting game. Brentford battling back after going down. Pick up all three yeah. points. West Ham battling back, and then Brentford also battling back. It was the game of comebacks. Yeah, sure was. Just feels like West Ham. I mean, they were pretty reliant on Kudus in this one. Felt like. Yeah, I don't know. Bowen had one or two moments where he looked okay, but then somehow, like, it's funny because he didn't deserve that goal at all, but yet it fell to him. So yeah. I don't know right. what to say. Very odd. Yeah. 
Let's get to an uh, extremely entertaining matchup. And by entertaining, I mean there's like four things that happen. Yeah, who could have saw that Burnley versus Crystal Palace would be a god-awful game? News fest. Uh, Two teams who can't really attack very No. And it starts off, Sam. Burnley actually looked pretty decent in attack going forward. Um, really kind of put it on Palace. Nothing in terms of like amazing chances, a couple half chances. But the first real thing in note was the Edward play, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he, he comes in on Trafford. Red? Yellow? No card? It, I mean, it was pretty aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it red, yellow, or no card, Sam? I'd say yellow for sure. I would say orange. Yeah. I'd say Orange, he could have another light challenge that he might just get sent off for it. Definitely. I mean, like, in the scale of, like, necessary to unnecessary, that was very far on the 10 unnecessary. 10 on the unnecessary, yes. What's the, that's the ultimate risk. Like, Jesus Christ, dude, what are you doing? Like, I think Wiesa's the ultimate guy who's actually gets, like, who's really good at that and actually gets there. Yeah. But... Edward going for that. That was like, you weren't even close, my guy. No, you weren't even in the same area code. <laughs> and then you just followed through anyways. Yeah. So he, he so committed. Even some ref in controversy coming down to this game. So crazy. But I tell you what, Sam, Jordan Ayu just continues to cook this year, much to your uh, dismay. Yeah. I, I mean, the guy can't be stopped. This one's starting off. Charlie Taylor got absolutely bamboozled out there he didn't know where he was well i i think that was uh buyer actually was buyer. it your buyer i thought um, it was taylor yoki manderson with the long ball up and then buyer just really struggled to defend got kind of turned around upside down inside out jordan ayu rolls across the young schlup far post crashing the near or the far post Slotting yeah. a gnome. Yeah. You know, it really wasn't a whole lot in terms of Crystal Palace chances outside of this, outside of the goal itself. No, not really. Which was kind of frustrating to see from a Crystal Palace perspective. You're thinking, hey, Burnley, their defense has been pretty shaky. We saw it in this, in this goal itself. You play a long ball up, yeah. they can't even handle it. But they really... In test Burnley all that much. It's the Roy Hodgson conservative ball. You got your goal, and not like you have to sit back, but it's like, eh, you know. Well, I mean. You don't have your main playmaker, Etze, out there until the second half getting subbed on. He got a new contract. Good for him. Um, yeah. I mean, who is the real playmaker? Because they had Edward Schlupp, Hughes, Ayu, Lerma, Ducore. A very, very defensive lineup to begin with. Yeah, I feel like I've been bamboozled into Roy Hodgson ball. You know, the end of the last year, it was like actually entertaining, but now we're just back. Now to he's like back to normal. His his previous stint, and it's mm-hmm. like okay, we're gonna have like thirty five percent possession against Burnley, and have like no chance. Well, that's the thing is they take they take care of all the crappy teams playing that way, but against like Liverpool, like sure you might only lose one or two nil, but like. 
I mean, what is there to say? You're you're never gonna win, and you're not. There's like a two percent chance to draw. Yes. So this one goes into halftime one nil. Second half, Burnley a little more aggressive. They had a couple chances. Uh, Goodmanson had a chance, rolled just wide, and then Josh Brownhill later on had a nice curler saved by Johnson. And then Jay Rodriguez nearly scoring as well. We put uh, Sam Johnston in the uh, goalkeeper power rankings right now. Goalkeeper power rankings, you know. He's got to be up there. Probably second behind Radu. Second behind Radu. <laughs> That's good. Good. That's our guy. Yeah. That's our guy. Living legend, Radu. Yes. Uh, well, you know, we at least got to see at the end of the game, at say, got to cook and what he's capable of. And mm-hmm. once they get him back out there fully fit with this new contract, he'll be doing what he normally does. You know, he'll be uh, making fools look silly. But he's got the uh, his distribution. Tyreek Mitchell goal. How about that? Yeah, it How was really that? really nice link-up play there from Eze and uh, and Mitchell and that nice finish there from Mitchell as well. Finishes 2-0. Palace, not the most convincing performance, but they got the job done. They got the three points. They move on. Yoakam Anderson farming more clean sheets this year so he can be up for player of the year. Respect. Yeah. Burnley without Lyle Foster, who is out. Yeah, to, illness. Uh, mental mental illness uh, break. Yeah. Uh, so that's a big loss for Burnley. I mean, yeah, he's he been really by, their main by far their, their best uh, attacking player so far. So that's a big loss. And they already have been struggling to score goals in the first place. So Jay Rodriguez. Uh, Jay Rodriguez. Hey, a banger one of these times. I can't believe yeah, he's I mean, still playing in the Premier League. I can. Ross Barkley's out here. Ross Barkley's playing better in Liverpool, guys, this week, so I believe it. Um, yeah, I mean, even dropping, like, Coley Osho and, and Abduni are just not clicking like they were to start the year. So it's really, really kind of tough. I thought Burnley's midfield is actually pretty decent in this game. The the Brown-Hilberg uh, kind of rotation, I didn't think it was that bad, given what I thought Palace would kind of crush them. Uh, yeah. But yeah. that was not the case. So, Burnley, I don't know. Do they remind you of a team that's been up lately where it's just like, you know they're probably going to go down, but there's like a 2% chance they stay up? Maybe like a like a West Brom team that was up or like Watford a couple years back. But yeah. even those teams had yeah. like better guys. It's not a bad like The West Brom team with like, what was it, Pereira? Mateus Pereira or yeah. at least, you know... Uh, Watford had Emmanuel Dennis for a month. Looked like the best striker in the league for uh, six yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's true. Let's move on to another game that decently entertaining, a little surprising, but uh, it's Everton and Brighton, Sam. Yeah, and it Surprising got started response. pretty pretty quick, pretty early. Yeah, it sure did. Everton had a really chance. Early warning sign is Ducore had a volley saved by Verbruggen. And then in the seventh minute, they take the early lead. Mikalenko scores 
with the second effort after his first shot was saved. Rebounded back to him. Brighton didn't yeah. know what hit him. How about that? What are you going to do when Mikalenko comes for you? Now, if only they just kept Nathan Patterson on the other uh, full backside, we'd probably be okay. Yeah, got to gotta roll with Ashley Young. Ashley Old. Well, you don't have to roll with him, but you choose to, Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche is morally obligated to. Yes. He's like, and I then brought we... this 38-year-old man. I will play him. Yeah. Um, we had another goal, Sam, but this one, after VAR reviewed it, appeared offside. I, In real time, I didn't think I thought it was on. It was very tight. Uh, yeah. Lewis Dunk on the set piece. A little bopping the weasel, if you will, putting yeah, it home. The first time shot barred down and in, that was yeah, that was pretty <laughs> filthy. Unlucky there from, from uh, Lewis Dunk. Big Lou. There. Big Almost Lou. Dunked on. Mm-hmm. Everton there. Um, yeah, kind of as you would expect, Brighton a lot of possession. But they have they struggled to create any real chances in the first half, and and they did look susceptible on the counter at times. As well. I agree. I agree. They their uh, their attack has not been as cutting edge as it was last year. Uh, kind of back more to the more passing, but even they're not getting solo plays out of guys like Matoma quite as much. They're not getting into dangerous areas that they like to getting to that end line. But um, you know, I was thinking about this. I think. I think uh, the loss of a Stupinan has been it's kind been of huge. big for their attack. It's which been is huge. something you don't forward. really think about. But he gets forward in that midfield role. He's like what Zinchenko should be. Yes, but he's not. But he's not. He's the coach's kid. Which I he's thought about coach. today is that we didn't even get that breakdown of the one pod <laughs> because it was during the one that uh. That got lost. The, the lost, lost episode. episode. My my coach's kid take. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Classic. Anyways, this one goes into halftime. One nil. Second half. Um, couple chances for both sides. Dunk had a free kick saved by Pickford. Then McNeil had a chance that went just wide, but Brighton pushed for the equalizer. Finally got it in the 84th minute. Matomas Grass yeah. deflecting Deflected. off Ashley Young or the OG. Yeah, it was a matter of time before Matoma did cook Ashley Young because what 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 uh, what else would he do? I mean, it's Ashley Young yeah. is no good anymore. Um, needs a lot of help, but he was left on an island. They started to just force feed Matoma towards the end, and um, yeah, I mean, I thought the way Brighton even lined up. I know you talked about last episode. Where it's like, uh, Jerby, what are you doing with some of these lineups? Yeah. Adingra was pretty far forward in this one. Lalana to start. I mean, your depth isn't like amazing, amazing, but why is he starting? Yeah, I honestly, I didn't really like Adingra in this one. I felt like he gave up possession well, he play like that. way too much. Well, that's much. what I'm saying. He, he hasn't looked really sharp lately. He had yeah. that good start to the year and kind of preseason. I was just glad Balebo wasn't out there after what we'd seen from him the last couple uh, yeah. weeks. Yeah, but, Adam Lalana doesn't really inspire confidence 
No. Like you're saying. But Everton really, they got that goal, and then they just kind of didn't really do a whole lot. They're kind of looking to counter just like they did against West Ham, but no Jack Harrison magic. No chances really for Calvert-Lewin. Right. Yeah, I thought at the very least, Everton, they, they were defending well, and they'd probably be pretty disappointed to concede in the 84th minute like they did. Yes, given how hard they'd worked. Yeah. It's one of those where you go in not expecting to win. You maybe expect to draw, but then given the performance, when you don't win, you're like, oh, shit. That was an opportunity missed. Yes, to say the least. So anyways, that one ends 1-1. Brighton, another disappointing result. Everton, solid result for them. Club of the future. Yes, yes, up to 16th. And by up to, I mean they went down a spot. <laughs> <laughs> they were 15th and they went down. Feels like they should be higher. Yeah. Can I, can I read something off to you real quick before we move on? Of course. So Everton 16th and then Luton 17th. The gap there is five points. Hmm. Last year when it was teams like 12 through 20 that could go down, do you think it's still going to be like that, or do you just think these bottom four are just in a whole other class of thinky? Oh, yeah. I think last year was way different. I mean, last year was like there was five points between 12 through 20 rather yeah, than and, 16 to 17. And like, as bad as Leeds were, like you would say the chance of Leeds winning a game against an average team was probably like maybe 5 to 10% less than, you know, Crystal Palace in 12th. Yeah. You know, they, it wasn't like that big of a gap. They definitely could win games and it wouldn't be surprising. Yes. Uh, if they played to their potential. This this year you have the clear bottom feeders, Bournemouth, uh, Sheffield. Burnley, Burnley and Luton. But Luton are crooked. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Luton are definitely the best of those four. Yeah. It's not even close. Um. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Looking at Everton, I'm like, oh man, they're the worst of the the non relegation threat teams. Yeah. So we'll have to keep that in mind. But moving moving on to the the next game, a real relegation threat, Manchester City. Very much small club. Two two very, very two minnows going at it. Yeah, a truly humble small club, Manchester City. This was the game where Hank absolutely lost his mind I, because Doki I popped off. I I I won't lie. I did smile, and that's the only time you'll see me smile about Man City. Hank's because like, I it's knew happening. it was coming. It's happening. they haven't. Well, they haven't had anything happen in the attack, whether people like to admit it or not. So it's like, let's just have this guy dribble around, and he, I must say is one spectacular dribbler of the ball. The Premier League has lacked that the last kind of handful of years where it's like, sure, you have your Dama Trorores and your, say, Maximins and stuff, but you haven't had one on, like, a, you know, a truly top team, except, I guess, Grealish did, but now he's been kind of neutered, if you will. Um, They just kind of let him go with the ball and let him do his thing. Yeah, and he did his thing. He most certainly did. He's just so quick to get to that end line. It's like, 
Oh my gosh. And his passing is actually really spectacular. It's not just all handles. Even those handles are fantastic, but he gets a gold to start from Rodri. Yeah, very nice. One, two, playing with Rodri. First time finish for Doku, kind of towards the top of the box. Yeah, really, really quick work from Doku. The movement is just so fast. I mean, Bournemouth, the huge issue I saw with this one was they were allowing so much space between the midfield and the defense. It's like they just allowed the city players to walk, and they didn't. They didn't look like they were defending very intensely. They were kind of jogging around. Yeah, it, it wasn't like as if they were like, "Well, when Man City lose the ball, we're gonna get it, and we're gonna hold possession, and we have to, you know, we're gonna make them work." It's like, no, yeah, no, that's was... not that's not gonna happen. It was a very weak defensive effort. It didn't look like a team that was, you know, unified in the cause of let's really batten down the hatches and try and keep out City. It was That's like, how you see the smaller clubs beat Man City is they kind of just pack everyone in and you just have a low block and that's how you do counter. it. And then you hit on the counter once or twice. Bournemouth are not meant to do that. Yeah. After that first goal... Sam, yeah, it truly was the Doku show. The Doku show. Just three minutes later, Doku pops up on the right-hand side this time. Good footwork. Passes to Bernardo Silva. who just passes it into post. the net. Yeah. Very easy. It's like it, you know, you snap your fingers and City are up 2-0. And then you snap them again. And they're up 3-0. This time, Doku's shot deflecting off of Akanji and in. Yeah. I mean, that was about as lucky as you get. Yeah, that was kind of a hockey-type goal, the deflection. Then Alex Scott goes out with an injury. He was actually looking okay for Bournemouth standards out there. So that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So without even realizing that Bournemouth go down 3-0 already, goes into halftime 3-0, second half. Bournemouth did have, like, one chance. Right yeah, away. Big Dom had a couple. Yeah. He had a couple. He scored the one. He was offside. Yep. And then I think later he hit the post, but I think that was after it was 4 now. I could be wrong. Uh, but they they were cooking a little bit in the second half. Yeah. And they do end up getting a goal, but we'll go over the other one. Erling Holland. Not feasting in a 6-1 against Bournemouth. That chaps my ass. And everyone who plays fantasy. That's unbelievable. Yeah. How how do him and Julian Alvarez not score when City scores six goals? Or get an assist? Because Bernardo Silva is the bane of your existence. I absolutely hate that guy. <laughs> That's fair. He bothers me. Um, Phil Foden. Getting a goal. This is the kind of game where you get Phil Foden cooking. Yeah. That's a good sub for, uh, whatchamacallit, Pep to be like, you know what, let's just throw Phil Foden out there. Maybe he gets a goal, and he does. Nice nice assist from Doku again. 
And then Bournemouth, 10 minutes later, know, get the whoa, goal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Calvin Phillips getting subbed on in which, <laughs> you never know, could be his last Manchester City appearance, Sam. That's true. You never know. These things are not guaranteed. Also, Matthias Nunes is not a Man City player. I, I would just, I'm going to throw that out there. Doesn't it bother you that Man City just spends like 50 million pounds on guys who like will never be anything for the club? Nah, they make you know. like less than 50 appearances. Pretty much. That's how it is. That doesn't bother do. you at all. No, I actually think Man City is a heckin' humble team. And team. Uh, I Football love heritage. I love them. I love them. I'm they're amazing. Yes. Just I love I love Prime Barcelona and now I love Prime Man City. Absolutely. Yeah, my favorite teams. We're getting back into it. Bournemouth grabbing a consolation goal. Luis Sinistera. The poise of him to fake the shot and kind of dribble a little bit, that was nice. That's what happens when you're down, what, 4-1-5? Or 4-1 yeah, at that point? It, it was 4-0 at that point, making yeah. it 4-1, yeah. No, uh, yeah, well, maybe this. But their joy didn't last very long. Bernardo Silva scoring again with a little chip on the counterattack. And then Nathan Aki scores with a nice diving header to make it 6-1. That's where it finishes, a beatdown, City versus Bournemouth. Yeah, this is what City lives for, especially Pep. Loves to crush these teams that sit there and they think, you know what, we don't have to play a low block against Man City. We can face them head on. And it's like, no, you cannot. No, you can't. Because then you play right into their hands. Yes. Especially if if you're not you're not pressing well, you're just gonna kick. It not to mention it should have been seven to one. It should have been a Brazil Kovacic at the end with like a clear shot on target, and he's just like, "What if I shoot this right at Radu, who, <laughs> by the way, might be the most aesthetically pleasing goalie with the hair and the <laughs> the facial hair in maybe in Premier League history." He's a legend. I, I mean, he's Romanian, so he kind of feeds into like the, the kind of gypsy, you know, stereotype. But he looks great out there. He's a gypsy. <laughs> oh. Andre Radu. He's twenty six. Twenty six, young Our fella. Age. He's got a long future ahead of him. Yep, as the backup at Bournemouth. There's yes. not much to say about that one. I'm ready to move on. This next one hurt my feelings. And yeah, this, this is the first one we can talk about VAR yeah. really. I mean, we we hinted at it with the Edward one being missed, but this was the first one that was really egregious. Yeah, this one really hurt my soul. <laughs> uh, took, took a a, uh, a deposit out of the emotional bank account, so to say. We're talking about Sheffield United versus Wolves. First half... Not a whole lot of action. I mean, it was a lot of Wolves yeah. holding the ball, but really not creating any chances. And then just kind of a lot of fouls from Sheffield. Yep, that's what they want. So we should have known that they'd won. They were actually doing their thing. They are playing the way they wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the game kind of popped off in the second half as the rain absolutely 
Oh, it was pouring down. It was pouring. It would be a sad day for Wolves when that happened. Yeah. Yeah, Wolves were pushing for the opening goal, but it was Sheffield who scored first goal of the game. Cameron Archer getting in behind. Chris that was Barr a blast. Down from distance. Ooh, absolute blast from him. This guy scores bangers only. Yeah. I mean, we said that would be their one spark this year is Cameron Archer, and then if they ever had Ryan Brewster to get going. But instead, they're like, how about Ollie McBurney? Yes. You know, in the second half, I think Sheffield United was actually the better side. Yeah, I don't know if anyone truly deserved to win this game, to be quite frank about it. But yeah, yeah. I guess if you maybe pick one that was better. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great, but but it was more so a, a statement of Wolves' lackluster performance than... Yeah, they let us down. ...than Sheffield's stellar play. The Wolves grabbed a equalizer 89 minutes in. Substitute Bellegarde draws level with a nice curler. What's the first name? Jean Richner? Jean Richner? I don't know. You're the French. Like Some with a J. Some with a J. I wish I was French. JK. No, I don't. Um, oh yeah, it is that. I don't know how to say that. That's okay. That was a nice goal, though. A little curler, a little pop yeah. shot. Yeah, it was Mikey exactly Chan what assist, they baby. Absolutely. And then you know what they didn't need Fabio Silva to give away a penalty at the end of the game, Sam. Well, some might argue <laughs> that it so, shouldn't have been a penalty. I mean, this was like this was like. Carbon copy of of last week. Just super minimal contact, very soft. They review it and they still give it. Does does the ref not know what happens when you give penalties against Gaz O'Neill? That's what I was saying. In the press conference. He said it in the press conference. He's like, Hey, you give this against me, you're gonna get relegated. Yeah. That's what I said. I said Rob Jones. See you in the championship. Rob Jones. He's no Rob Stone. Absolutely not. Anyways, Jeffield convert the penalty. And it had to be Ollie Norwood. Good thing it wasn't Ollie McBurney. It would have lost my mind. It had to be Ollie Norwood. <laughs> Why couldn't it have been, uh, oh, I guess Hammer got subbed off. Gus Hammer. Gus yeah. Uh, yeah, very undeserved win for Sheffield United, but hey, they got their first win of the season. Big ups. Big ups. Yeah, Not Wolves. Really, but... Wolves, I mean, overall, it shouldn't have even come to this because their attack was just really lackluster in this game. Unia was straight up ass. There's not much else to say. He was straight up cheeks. Yeah. It was it was a rough go for them. They really struggled to create chances without Mr. Pedro Neto in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And I'd agree more. Yeah. Any any other thoughts about No, but if Wolves keep playing like this without Pedro Neto, they might join that bottom four of teams that are stinky beyond all belief. They very well could, yeah. 
depending how long he's out for. So we shall see. Yeah. Let's get to the last Saturday game, Sam. Uh, do we have to? Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. We got to go against your uh, your arch nemesis, Newcastle. Who would have seen that? Newcastle at St. James's Park. At Real Saudi pain. Park. Saudi James. Saudi James Park, baby. Um, What did you think of the lineup Arsenal had set? They got to stop with the Havertz thing sooner or later, right? Can you, well, just, like, do you, can you just get like another eight to play in there? Can El Nani be in there? <laughs> yeah, I feel like at this point with the injuries, they're just kind of forced to play him at the moment. And I didn't hate it because I feel like... Can you just push Tomiyasu and White up in the midfield as just wingbacks and uh, have Kivuyor in the Kivuyor. back You play back three? Yes. Cedric Suarez. Oh my gosh, yeah. Fulham's finest. Yeah, I feel like if if uh, Fabio Vieira played in this game, he might have got bullied a bit. Oh yeah. I mean, that was that was pretty much a, the whole first half was just like insane fouls Newcastle, and yellow Newcastle cards. just, that's all they do is they just grind you. I feel like they don't play this tough against like mid-table clubs no like they still play high quality but they don't go in being like yeah we're just gonna batter the shit out of you they definitely ramp it up against the top teams they yeah you're they're not going they're not putting in crunching tackles against nottingham forest yeah yeah there was a couple or elbows a couple in the first half kai havertz had the one tackle where he absolutely should have been sent off i'll say it he should have been sent off. Are, are you saying specifically for that tackle or like a second no, yellow? Yeah. Because I, I agree he could have got a second yellow for sure. Yeah. Yep. No, that's what we're talking about. Um, but that Not one that was just one, was funny in general. Even though I saw some people in. say it could have been a red, but it, I mean, it, it, from what it I recall, the studs like weren't up, but it was, it looked bad. It looked worse than it actually was. That's what you want to believe. But speaking of red cards, Bruno Guimaraes. I mean, how many fouls did book. he get away with? Not to Not mention my book. Clock and Jorginho in the back of the head with his forearm. That's what but happens. Jorginho gets violent conduct. Jorginho doesn't get any respect. Doesn't get any respect. Finished third in Ballendor voting, and he should have won that year. But yet here we are. He gets no respect. It's unbelievable. My little George. Little George. Yeah. So, very strange first half. A lot of yellow cards. It was definitely a kind of feel it out kind of half. There really wasn't much chances except near the very end. And Kai Havertz kind of pooped his pants on the passing Ketia. Otherwise, Eddie and Ketia might have had a real good chance. You know what I'm talking about? Um, At least we got to see uh, Levermento in this game. That, that was my true. favorite part about it. Yeah, Dan Byrne coming off in the second half with a yeah, spinal hurt. injury. Yeah. I didn't see how long he's going to be out for. I think a spinal injury. That good. You had Dan Byrne go out for that, and then Jacob Murphy got subbed on and then popped his shoulder out. 
and had to get subbed off. Yeah. That was pretty wild. Did you feel like you could have used Joe Willick in this game? Uh, on Arsenal? Yeah. I feel like uh, we could have used uh, Gabriel Jesus. Nah. I don't know. He could have been bullied too. I think you really needed uh, Flamini. Who else could you have used? Who else would have been? Uh, uh, you just mean to, to could... mix it up. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, who else has been an Arsenal kind of hard-nosed guy in the past? Arshavin didn't take no shit when Fran- he played. Francis Coughlin. He was like the Francis classic. Coughlin, yeah. He was a hard-nosed guy. Yeah, There's another attacker that Arsenal had, and I can't think of who it was. I don't know why. Podolsky, the life of me. Maybe it was, yeah, but it was probably Podolsky. It definitely wasn't Giroud. Giroud would, he could shove, but he also is French, so he'll quit. <laughs> uh, and then we have the controversial goal, Sam. Yes. Oh, by the way, I didn't even know Joe Linton got an assist. I guess it is an assist because he got the it was like a shot, but a rebound. I don't know how that works. Well, it like came it came off of him because Raya went to catch the cross but missed, and it came off of Joe Linton, and it fell to Gordon, and that was part of the trifecta of the VAR review. First, uh, it was whether the ball went out or not, which it sure looked like it went out, but. Apparently that wasn't conclusive evidence. There's no. having like four inches of, of grass in between the ball and the line. Uh, and then the second one was the push, Joe Linton on Gabrielle, which, I mean, seemed pretty obvious that it was a push. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's the main thing. I could get the ball thing, I guess, because if you look at a certain angle, sure, it's angles, hovering over the white part, yeah. but really it wasn't. But sure, okay, I'll go along with that. The push, I can't. The push is not, that's, that has to not be, that can't stand, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And then the third thing was whether there was an offside, but they couldn't determine because they didn't have a good angle. It's like, how do you not have a second angle? They had one angle and and the ball was behind Jolinton, so you couldn't tell where exactly it was, so whether or not it was offside, which is insane. That there wasn't another camera angle. I mean, how many cameras do they have at these games? Hundreds. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yeah. Anthony Gordon gets the goal on that one. Newcastle take the lead. They're able to hold off Arsenal to pick up a big victory. Yeah, Arsenal really didn't have it cooking at the uh, the very end. They had maybe one or two chances. In the second half, that really kind of stood out to me. Even in the first half, like I said, they only had one or two. Their attack has just been putrid. And, I mean, it, it really just comes down to if Martinelli or Saka can create some magic, and it's just not the case. Yeah, I not thought the only Saka guys who really, really played poor. that well. Yeah, I thought the only guys that really stood out in this game were Rice and Gabrielle, as far as what I would say good games. I guess Jorginho is fine, too, but... Yeah, given thought, their standard. I thought Saliba was pretty good. Um, Rice, fantastic as always. I mean, the guy 
He's insane. No matter yeah, how he, well he or how bad the team is playing, he always puts in like at least an eight out of ten performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, really frustrating. Arteta didn't hold any punches after the game. Now they went out after the referees. Arsenal released statement supporting Arteta. So, I mean, I don't think anything's going to come out of that other than referees being more biased against Arsenal. Probably. Yeah, because that's just how this league works. You know what Jose Mourinho always said? There's an agenda against Chelsea. It could be very well the same against Arsenal. You never know. Well, we know there is one against Wolves because they have been screwed so <laughs> many times this year. It might just be Gaz, though. True. Because he knows. I said we can't, have, we can't have this guy coming in here, taking a team that should go down every single year and keeping them up. We can't have that. Yeah. We need more more fancy Spaniards like Iraola. Yes, who get just are out there to get wrecked by Pep Guardiola. Yeah. So, anyways, any Arsenal final fall. On that? No, I thought it was a. I thought it was a uh, kind of just nasty performance by both sides. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what Newcastle want to do. So, I guess props, more props to Newcastle Arsenal. They're just not built to play that style. They ain't got they ain't got that dog in them to go with Newcastle kind of not dirty play, but very very physical, bordering on the edge of dirty and hard. Especially when you have no support from the referee. I mean, I don't think anyone can go against that. Honestly, when when a team is playing dirty and a ref is letting it happen, is, is letting because the it ref happen. sets the tone. Yeah. And Stu Atwell set a tone of let's we're yeah. just gonna let it really how go. how you let freaking Stuart Atwell. <laughs> I mean this has to well, be like a like Michael all the, Oliver. All these game. refs all these refs are crap now minus I mean even Michael Oliver has his moments where he's not great, but he's probably your best and it's good thing he was on the Chelsea Tottenham game. That's yeah. what we'll get to. Yeah. So anyways, um, moving on to the Sunday games. Yeah. First game. Little Midlands Derby. Yeah, Little Midlands Derby. Nottingham Forest versus Aston Villa. Getting into the game. Once I roll down to my notes, Forest get off to a fantastic start five minutes in. Ina picks out the bottom corner from the top of the box with the first time shot. That was a nice goal. Yeah, that was not to mention this game was the Harry Tofolo cooking show. I mean, it was just cooking with Harry Tofolo, the Forest fullback show, really. Yeah, Lina and uh, Tofolo, very nice. Yeah, linking up well on that one. Um, Absolutely, and it's kind of one of those things where obviously the cliche is Villa people score early in their games, but normally it's Villa. But Villa on the road, definitely not as good as Villa at home, which is. Not say much because at home Villa is amazing, but they're just not quite as sharp on the road. We've seen that with a couple of their performances this year. Uh, but uh, yeah, this half it was a lot of possession, mm-hmm. but not not doing a ton with it. Yeah, thought they really had a tough go with uh, Watkins, just not really being able to get 
in the game much. Mm-hmm. And Zaniolo, I would probably just bring him off the bench at this point. It's just really not going for him at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I thought Forrest did well to kind of uh, pressure Villa on the ball and turn them over. And we saw Villa look kind of susceptible at times to the counterattack, playing that high line. Not unlike another team that we'll talk about (laughs) soon. Um, But anyways, this one goes into halftime. 1-0. Second half, just like the first half, Forrest get out the gate very quickly. This time a goal from Mangala from distance after Emmy Martinez makes the initial save, but it goes into the goal. Yeah, it goes straight. Yeah, trickles in, kind of popped it up, then trickled in. A little like backspin on it. Yeah, that's the best goalie in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Allison probably catches that. Yeah. After that, Villa made some subs. They... They uh, went to like a, a three at the back, kind of. Telemans came on for Maddie Cash. Uh, and they, they really pushed for a goal there because they had to. But they had some chances. Watkins had a header he couldn't get on target. And they were really pushing Forrest back into their own box a lot more than in the first half. But Forrest overall just had some had really great work rate from start to finish in this game and, and made it really difficult for Aston Villa. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so more. despite their best efforts, Villa couldn't find a goal. Nice clean sheet from Forrest. I think this is probably their best performance so far this year. So that was nice to see. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a good home victory. It feels like they've been on the road a lot lately. I know I should talk their new keeper last week, but he did fine this game. Wasn't really tested a ton, but I know we're talking about Forrest's attack not really clicking, and it still really wasn't clicking all that well in this one. Mm-hmm. Awani up top with Alanga and Gibbs White in there too, but it really wasn't going. It was more the midfield was playing a bit better, and the defense was uh, doing their job, to say the least. Yeah. I feel better about their defense now. You know, having like guys like Murillo back there. Yeah, Niacate has been pretty good lately yeah. too. But Ina and Tofolo, yeah, it, it feels nice. And even then, it's still not amazing. But part of that is those guys are bound to be better because Mangala and Sangare are in front of them. True. So. I mean, um, it's it's much better than freaking like Joe Worrell and Willie Bully. Bully and... Who who was the other guy? Mick McKenna, Scott McKenna. Scott McKenna, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh Scott McKenna. Yeah, tough one. Thanks. So, anyways, Forrest pick up a big victory there in the Midlands Derby on the second match. Luton hosting Liverpool. This one was a pretty exciting game. This was a this was amazing. What else is there to say? Just for the fact that we get to witness Andros Townsend Sr. out there. Andros Townsend Sr. And Ross Barkley at the same Ross time. Ross Barkley kind of cooking this game. He actually did cook. I know. it was. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was nuts. <laughs> it's because we propped up Sabojulai 
playing so well. And then he's like, what if I dropped a stinker against fucking Ross Barkley? It was uh, <laughs> it was funny because going into this game, all the commentators were like, yeah, Luton will just have to park the bus and hope they have a chance. But they won't have a chance because so they suck. And Luton's like, what if we just like play? You know, we'll we'll be defensive, but you know, they got the ball moving pretty good at yes. times. Oh yeah. Absolutely. They they actually I'm telling you, it's still the Luton tax of uh, it's Luton lads. It's like they're not terrible, terrible. Yeah, they're and people don't know because they don't watch. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at home with the with the energy. Again, we have another kind of Liverpool slow start. They did have the one chance Nunes getting in behind had the shot hit off the bar, but in terms of it it didn't feel like they were ready for what Luton were were gonna bring to the table. That's no. One. I don't think anyone's ever ready for Luton. No. I, I think ever so. since really that Wolves game where they had a real good chance to win. Ever since then, that was the turning point of they actually like believed that they can do this stuff and that they belong. Yeah. Eventually, Liverpool grew more into the game and took control. And they were searching for the goal. They didn't really create much for chances. Their best chance in the first half was probably when it fell to Jota, who forced Kaminsky down into his save. But other than that, uh, not a whole lot in terms of chances. Luton defended pretty well. Went into halftime, nil-nil. Second half, there was a little bit more in terms of chances. Luton had a chance 65 minutes with Ogbeni getting in behind, but opted for a pass instead of a yeah, shot. That was frustrating. And then we get like a classic Darwin Nunes point blank Just miss. Just messing, messing everything. Uh, it's impossible. It's that impossible. Edge beyond Torres. Yes. He has taken the crown from. From Fernando Torres. I don't know what to say. Like, Mo Salah, like, made that pass as good as you can. And he's like, guess what? I'm going to miss this. Insane. Insane. Yes. <sighs> but the big Darwin-Z. chance came 80 minutes in. Luton hit on the counter after shouts of handball in their own box. Mm-hmm. But they broke well. Kabore oh my gosh, did they ever. Tehith Chung, who scores absolutely Not even Allison scenes. can stop it. Fantastic goal. That was as hype as possible. That was so awesome. The happy Hatters. The happy Going Hatters. Crazy. But it wasn't meant to be. Substitute Luis Diaz comes on. He rises up, scores the late equalizer. Pays tribute to his dad, who was kidnapped who was actually just returned like yesterday or something. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. good to see. There's one guy who deserved it. He deserved it. Yeah. And I must say, Harvey Elliott did cook in this game when he got subbed on. And mm-hmm. he got he had to put a nice ball in at the very end. Yes. For that yeah. assist. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Big point for Luton. Obviously, Huge they were the lot all three, but still a great performance against even, a very good team. Even our boy 
John Morley sits there and he says, Liverpool, can't believe I had to watch that. They played bad. I, no one's giving Luton props. They're yeah. still the nobody believes in us of Luton. It's okay. That's okay. Not only is it okay, that's what they want. That's what they want. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care it's what It's very Luton. much kind of like Bournemouth last year where no one really notices and then it's like, oh, look at that. Yeah. And then come like, you know, April, people are like, we are not giving enough props to what Rob Edwards has done with this Luton team. And it's like, where have you been? Where have you been, people? No, then you'll get you'll get fans like the Bournemouth fans that were like, Yeah, but Gary O'Neill's still pretty bad. It's like oh. Yeah. <laughs> but you miss him oh. now, yeah <laughs> yeah, bastards. <laughs> have your fancy Spanish man. I I'll take the guy who gets wins. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the game of the week. People deeming it one of the best Premier League games ever. I do not agree with that at all. It was it was the best from like a meme perspective. And like VAR incredibly random series yeah. of events. Yeah, it didn't feel like a game. It felt like in a weird way, it kind of felt like a final where it everything's kind of broken up mm-hmm. and it's like, "Oh, there's halftime entertainment." And then there's this and there's that. And it's like, and it takes a while to start. And then there's stops and start. It's, there's no flow. It was very odd. Very, very odd. But let's get into it. Tottenham, Chelsea. There's about 15 things that happened, Sam. (laughs) I'm just going to list them off. Tottenham, break early, get a goal off an insane deflection off of the back of Levi Colwell that goes in for Kulisevsky to make it 1-0 Tottenham. And then Chelsea really kind of got into the game after about 15 minutes or so and Tottenham holding possession. Son had a goal that was disallowed because he was marginally offside. And then this is where the controversy starts with VAR, Sam. Your boy Udoge comes in. And he says, ooh, don't get a two-footer right at your shins. And he he escapes with the yellow. Yes. Meanwhile, there's a whole other sequence of uh, Chelsea on a counterattack where in the back of the play, Christian Romero is seen kicking Levi Colwell. After the play, there's nothing. The ball's nowhere near him. Nothing's going on. And then Chelsea score. But it goes to VAR review as Raheem Sterling. Uh, it deemed that it was a handball. It was. It's tough with those because it hits his hand, obviously. But it's point blank, so it's like, what could he even do? But at the same point, it's like, if his hand's not there, then the ball's just around him, and he doesn't have the chance. So it's understandable, yes? Yeah, I think. You you have to call that. Yeah. Um the Romero foul was not deemed uh violent. We've seen this before with Romero where he grabs uh Kukurea's hair and it wasn't deemed violent. Apparently when you just kick people in the back of the legs after a play, that's not violent action. And Chelsea really piled it on. I, I found this interesting thing where it was between Kulishevsky's goal and the Romero red card, Chelsea had 70% possession, 
six out of seven shots on target and two disallowed goals, along with two Spurs guys that could have been sent off. And you know what I found funny too was that Tottenham they started diving. You know they were trying to get Chelsea yeah. players booked. Yeah, it was very odd. But the main thing was Chelsea just started pressing really well. That's the thing. Enzo, as the game went on, looked a lot worse. But in this stretch, this like 15 to 30 minute stretch, he was doing solid. Gallagher, Chelsea's best player, it's official in my book. I don't even think it's up for debate. Is amazing at winning the ball in Chelsea's attacking third, turning the team over in defense. Romero's just passing the ball blindly into midfield. And then we have the sequence where there's a red card as Romero goes right into Enzo Fernandez's shins. And uh, it's actually Chelsea's score, right? Caicedo scores, mm-hmm. but Jackson was deemed in the way of the goal and called offside, which is hilarious given the fact that that Man City goal earlier this year, Sam, who was that who was offside and they said he wasn't interfering with play? Uh, I think it was Ake. Ake, yeah. I mean, was Jackson really in the way as much as Ake? But yet Ake gets to keep it? I. It's just the inconsistency, not only with VAR, but just referee decisions. It's just really amazing these days, yeah. is it not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, kind of, kind of the double whammy on this one. I'm... It was it was very weird because yeah you had the goal got disallowed but then they go back and they they give a red card for Romero's freaking leg breaker tackle finally finally yeah. this guy gets a red card first Premier League red card how is this possible I don't know I well because he's been sent off but it's t- second yellows I believe is it not um yeah. Probably. Because I know he's been sent out before, but his second, yeah, there's no straight red. Yeah, which, I mean, is amazing because he's always doing this shit, like, in yes. every game. constantly. It's like Lissandra Martinez. Yeah. Just, they go crazy hard. Um, so then Eric Dyer has to come on for Brendan Johnson. Cole Palmer steps up, slots the penalty off the post, and in... Um. And then we have a couple more things. James Madison goes off with injury. I haven't seen anything about it, but I was worried at first because he's not one to necessarily dive. But I was like, oh, get up. What are you doing? But I think he he did hurt something. He tweaked something, but it's lower. So it must have been an ankle. Did you see anything about that after the game? No. Okay, maybe he did dive. And then Vandeven has to come off. So they lose both their center backs. Yeah. Um, and Hoiberg comes on. Uh, That's just crazy. 13 minutes of added time. Then there's a scuffle between Colwell and Pape Sar, which Pape Sar just starts shoving Colwell for no reason. I don't even know what that was. Uh, And then there's the Reese James jumping for a header, and they had to check if it was violent conduct on the elbow. And it's like, (laughs) last time I checked, you have to move your arms to jump? It was like nowhere near. I mean, that was embarrassing that they even looked at that. I mean, it it was just bad. 
it was just really bad. Um, so it goes in halftime 1-1. Tottenham down to 10 men. Second half, Kukurea for Colwell, because Colwell has the yellow. And then Chelsea are just kind of breaking, but also Tottenham had a couple chances, and they're a little frisky. Yeah, they uh, were not just going to They were back. definitely in the game, yeah. Definitely in the game. Their pressing was good. This is kind of when I thought Enzo Fernandez looked really bad at times. It was just not, not good. Uh, but Chelsea have a three-on-two breakaway. Raheem Sterling, just absolutely just terrible decision-making, terrible execution to try and play that ball. It gets blocked, goes into open space. He runs it down. Udogi, second yellow on the slide tackle. Very stupid. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to this all at the end for my point. Um, Mudrik comes on for Enzo Fernandez. I thought he would cook given the fact that they're down to nine men in space. And then we have uh, Ainge Ball defensively, the ultimate high line, just baiting insane. Chelsea, just baiting Chelsea into trying to go offsides. And I, I, I'll wait till the end to really expand, but I just don't get it, Sam. I don't understand it. It was insane. You got to explain it to me. Chelsea can't, break down a low block you're feeding into <laughs> exactly. and giving them the only chance to score sure they might mess up a bunch of times they still have a chance to score all they have to do is play one through ball they just pass two miles per hour when they have a low block against them i didn't i really didn't understand it um jackson uh Finally gets a goal as Chelsea worked the ball in the 75th minute. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of nonsense in between. Eric Dyer almost onside for a goal on a set piece. <laughs> this is why, why not low block? Why not play a low block? And then you have a chance to win the game. But Eric Dyer marginally offside. Felt like Chelsea was going to blow it. And then Pochettino actually makes a decent substitution. Puts on a defensive midfielder for Raheem Sterling, Sam, when they're winning. Can you believe it? No. It's unbelievable. Uh, Jackson adds another, Connor Gallagher. All they were were just tap-ins at this point as Tottenham. Ainge really asking a lot for those guys to cover this much ground, that much space. Vicario, the amount of space he covered in this whole <laughs> second half nuts. was insanity. The ultimate sweeper. Uh so they're, yeah, Gallagher. And then the next one was Cole Palmer feeding Jackson. And Jackson really should have had like five or six goals, honestly. He had the one at the very end where he's wide open and he missed that. It it was truly incredible. Well, his hat trick goal, he should have passed to Mudrick. Well, it was pretty funny because he everyone thought he was. And then he just took one step to the side and walked the ball <laughs> in, the, in the net. And then he does the... Uh, the Ronaldo... And he, yeah, it does the Sioux on the worst hat trick in mankind's history. <laughs> oh my god, that guy! That guy's hilarious for doing yeah. that. Um, that was nice. ends ends four to one. I'll say my points just to get it out of the way. I'm very confused why so many people are propping up Tottenham and saying, you know that. You know, that they played so much better than Chelsea. I thought it was pretty even in terms of 
if I had to say a score, Sherrod probably should have been like three to two or something like that. But the whole Tottenham not like blowing it, bottling it, like you're up one nil in the fifth minute, and then you just start panicking, and you have two guys that should have been sent off, and then they get sent off later on. Chelsea had multiple disallowed goals. You had some injury. Like, it, what was good about this game for Tottenham? I mean, they played pretty good with nine men. You have to say, I guess. But I mean, like, it, like for having then, nine, like for it's... having nine men, they they like win after it. So even though it's like, why would you, you just do don't... that? But I still feel like going after it, your best chance is still low block against Chelsea. Oh, How is I, it not? I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And it's not even like shameless. It's just like that's your best strategy to win the game. Is Chelsea just like crapping their pants? Instead, they're like, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't understand it personally. Yeah, the high line was insane. Uh, what what did you think about it? I rambled. I had to ramble and get all that out. Yeah, I I don't know. They, I don't know why teams have this obsession with a high line. I mean, Villa do it too. It's like. I mean, you're playing teams I get it into to pin the game. Them in. I get it to pin them in, but it's like, you know, you're, this you're, is not Bayern. This is not Bayern against the Bundesliga. You're, where pl- you're playing you can just teams them in no into what. the game. By, yeah. You could have completely taken them out of the game because Chelsea can't score against a low block. Uh, Forest, Forest aren't ever going to score against Villa that are playing like a not extremely high line of course their yeah, best chance is intermediate the counter it's like yeah it's it's unnecessary risk taking for the sake of risk taking yeah i i feel the exact same way it's very very confusing to me that so many people are propping Ainge up for these decisions when it's like i, I felt like he not necessarily cost them but hindered them to say the least yeah. I don't know. It came down and a lot you're asking so much out of those guys to crack all that space and Vicario to like make the perfect run every single time. Yeah. Like relying on you know Ollie Skip and Poro to get back every single time to make it Hoiberg. at least a one on two or Hoiberg two. Skip was in there too. You yeah. might have forgot because he's so trash. It Oh, yeah, because that was the Vicario was like screaming at Ollie's skip when they finally conceded because he yeah. played him on. Yeah. I don't know. Top 10 very, strangest very... games. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say it was a good game. Like a lot of people are like, this is, was amazing. I was like, I don't know if it was amazing. It was just odd. Very, very odd. And that's nice to have something that's a bit a change up, you know? But it doesn't necessarily mean it was good. Yeah. Did anyone impress you in this game? Anything? Uh, I mean, I thought I thought Gallagher was good, like you said. I did forget to mention two things. One, the Mark Kukurea one, well, pretty much two on zero with the goalie, and doesn't pass to get sweaty. Instead, shoots it right at Vicario when it was one to one, in like the sixty eighth minute or something, mm-hmm. which was crazy. And then Sun had a chance. At the end to make it two to two. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. That was nice dribbling. Bobby Sanchez coming up big with a nice stop. But also DeSassi, that was just not good. He's kind of like Aguirre in the way that uh, he's kind of error prone at like one time a game. And it's not just like a small error. It's like the biggest possible error. And you're like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we move on? I think, to I, covered, I think I covered everything. I know you didn't want to talk about it because you didn't. You only care when Ukraine Bolt scores. Well, That's the only time you talk about Chelsea. Yes, I'm I'm salty. He didn't get the pass. <laughs> well, he should have had an assist at the end, but Nicholas Jackson said, let me sky this real quick. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, let's get into match match week 12. First one up, early game. Oh. Wolves versus Tottenham. Tottenham, obviously, without Romero. And woo, doggy. Mm-hmm. I think they'll bounce back. And Vandevin. Vandevin's out Van till January. And Vandevin, yeah. I do think they'll bounce back, Again, though. I don't know. How is people are praising Tottenham? They're coming out with all these injuries. They, Their tactics were sh- shoddy. I don't know. Well, I, I now they're in a Wolves tough spot against Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah. And it was bad. I wonder if Clyde just starts this game, because he started last game, and it did not. Nothing happened. Yeah, I would say maybe not, but... <laughs> <laughs> he might just be a super sub guy. Does this mean uh, if no Madison, we get to see your boy uh, Giovanni LaCelso? Oh, man. That'd be nuts. Right now, uh, do you know who Tottenham's center backs are? Uh, Eric Dyer and... Hoiberg? I don't know. <laughs> who else? Ashley Phillips is who's next for just a straight-up center back. Unless you want to go Ben Davies. Ben and Davies. just put Davis in... You just put him in as a center back. I don't know. I mean, they were kind of playing with like Hoiberg as a center back. Yeah, well, everyone was back except for Son, to be fair. But there's just seven guys straight across the line. <laughs> That's kind of how that one went. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say 2-0 Spurs. Yeah, uh, it's... It's at um wait or not White Hard Lane. Now, that pissed me off about this game too. Is people talking about how great Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is? Shut up. Shut up. The at they're like the atmosphere. It's like I I've been watching the last like four years and it's just been like dead silent. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. At the Mall New, I'm gonna go uh, Tottenham one nil, and I don't feel that great about it. Hey, you've used up your one. I know, I know. I it's that's just the meme now, though. That's that what that's what sucks too about the lost episode. No one heard me say it for every single <laughs> game. That's true. Uh, uh, second game. Well, I guess technically oh, there's three at the same time. But Arsenal yes. versus Burnley at the Emirates. Arsenal. I miss when it was Arsenal Burnley and it was Sean Dyche against Arsenal, making you sweat it out, and then there'd be like. <laughs> It'd be like a WWE match where it's like Arsenal get a winner at like the very end or some call goes Arsenal's way and it works out. It's the only time Arsenal get calls is against Burnley. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal have been struggling a little bit. They got the 2-0 victory against Sevilla midweek. So maybe a little, little treat Leo Trossard up front. Could have, should have, could have, should have been uh, 3-0 in the first minute. Kai Averts. 
Sky Havertz, yeah. Low header, no interesting one. Interesting <laughs> header attempt. He uh, wanted to just fire warning shot. That's what he was going for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I felt like Arsenal would be back and get right after that Sheffield game, but and I thought, you know, given what it was against Newcastle, tough game. Thought they hung in there. I'm gonna go Arsenal two nil. I feel pretty solid about that. Two or three nil is probably how it would be. I'm going to say 3-0 on my prediction is going to be a Leo Trussard brace. How about that? Crystal Palace Everton. This might be a tough one on the eyes. This one's a draw. I will I will guarantee you this game's a draw. Yeah. And Probably. it's either 0-0 or 1-1. Wonder what the Let's see what the head to head is. All I know is that Palace started this year 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They ended up going 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. And then they went 3-3-3, three, three, and three, Sam. And you know what they are right now? 4-4-3. Four, 4-3-4. Four, and, three. Four, three and four. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Yes. They're due for a draw. Okay. It's destiny. Numbers, digits, they confirm it. Sam, this will be a draw. The last game was 0-0. Nil, nil. The one before that, 3-0. Oh. Everton. And then 3-2 Everton. When's the last time Everton won 3-0? That game? <laughs> There's no way they've done it since then. Oh, well, they did beat Leeds a couple years back with Lampard, but I think that was like 4-1 to or 5-1 to or something. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 1-1. I think it's going to be very defensive. Wouldn't be shocked if it was 0-0, but we'll, yeah. go, uh, we'll go Edward and Calvert-Lewin. The strikers get the goals. I'm going to say nil-nil. I respect it. It's one or the other, baby. Uh, man, you, Luton. Luton. Come on, For please. the love of God. This would be the, the best love. thing ever. It would be great because it would just be about how man, you suck, and people wouldn't believe in Luton still. That's true. <laughs> that's, what, that's what would be so funny. It's what would be so funny is that no one would pay respects to Luton. They'd be like, yeah, well, man, you suck. I want I want uh, Ten Hag to get the sack because he lost to Luton. That would be peak times. I mean, if I mean, I don't know if it'd be better if it's at Old Trafford or at the Ken. I mean, it is at Old Trafford, but if Ten Hag got the sack at the Ken, that might yeah, that might just be the ultimate meme. That would be. I think United. Uh, as far as this this lineup and stuff go, I mean, I I don't know what to say. I mean, Hoyland has to score at some point in the Premier League. He's cooking in the Champions League. He just can't get anything in the Premier League. I feel like this will probably be another performance, like the game against Fulham, where they squeak out a win that is completely undeserved. One. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna say two one, and I'm gonna say Ross Barkley gets a goal. Hell yeah. Uh, Bournemouth versus Newcastle. The Eddie Howe Derby. The Eddie Howe Derby. The um, Callum Wilson Derby. True. The 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 Matt Ritchie. Matt Ritchie. Yep. Oh, the yeah, Ryan Fraser Derby. Yes. <laughs> Strong connection. Kieran Clark was Kieran Clark ever on Bournemouth? That's a good question. I think it's just Phil and Newcastle. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, this. I would be shocked if this wasn't... Although Newcastle, I could see them dropping a stinker after beating yeah. Arsenal and grinding it out, and then they just don't show up for this game. I could see like a 1-1 for no reason, but I just don't trust Ariel. I'm going to go Newcastle 2-0. I'm going to say Newcastle 3-0. Okay, I, you could hear it in my... My like list before that, I was on the precipice of saying three, but <laughs> I, I'm just going to go two. I'm just taking your secondary predictions for every Good, good. Last Sunday games this week. Yeah. And by a lot, I mean five. That's a lot for our standards. Villa, Fulham. Yeah, I don't know. Fulham, they, they hurt my eyes, so I can't pick them to win. It's I at think... Villa Park. I don't. I don't see how Villa yeah. lose this. I'm gonna go with a whopping three nil victory. Yeah, I think I'll say two nil Villa. Mm-hmm. Brighton and Sheffield. All right. At well, Amex, I told you my theory about these bad teams is they win one and then it's the ultimate let off. Even though Brighton haven't been good, I can't see Sheffield pulling off back to back results of getting at least a point. So I'm gonna say Brighton. 2-0. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield should have lost that game against Wolves if Wolves had any semblance of attack. So I think uh, Brighton will probably win this one. I'll say like 3-1. Brighton, a little, uh, you know. Maybe it's the Evan Ferguson and they win like 5-1 and Evan Ferguson has a hat trick and João Pedro gets one and it's one of those games. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool-Brentford, what are you watching for in this game, Slam? Well, you know, maybe maybe Brentford can get off to a fast start. We've seen yeah. Liverpool; they've been sleepy. To start maybe the just a set piece, a little pop one in there, and it's you know, it's Nathan Collins getting ahead or something. Yeah, I think one team will score okay. three goals. Okay. And I think that team is going to be Liverpool. Okay. I think I'm going to go. <laughs> You know, if Liverpool would have won last week, I would have predicted this to be a draw. I just can't. So I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool. I'm going to say 3-1. West Ham, Nottingham Forest. At the London Stadium. Talks of uh, David Moyes as being his last year no matter what. They're just not going to re-up him uh, as far as a manager, but he'll have a um, kind of part in their kind of board and, you know, Front office, yeah. if you will. Yeah, I wonder what the odds are uh, for Forrest. Could I get some good odds on Forrest here? Let me pull it up. Talk to me about how you're feeling and why. Talk to me. Give me Forrest case while I look this up. I, I kind of like Forrest vibes after that game against Villa. Like, it wasn't the best performance, but I really enjoyed their work rate. And I feel like West Ham, that's Something that they've kind of been lacking lately. They've looked a little lethargic. A lot of games. Obviously, Moist doesn't like to rotate his players at all. So, mm-hmm. um, let's see here. Forest to win is plus three hundred. West Ham's minus one ten to win at home. Wow. Wow, that's pretty steep for West Ham, who haven't won in a while. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna well, say Forest one nil. I like that. it. I like it. 
Uh, I'm going to go with just a 1-1 draw. I don't feel too great about it. I will say, Villa minus 170. I wish it was a little cheaper than that for their game. Man City, we're gonna. is this the game that we're going to talk about now? It is. Man City's minus 135, Sam. I don't know. I don't. Chelsea aren't great, but I just can't trust them. I don't have a read on them for what they're going to do. They've won five of seven, including a draw with Arsenal and a loss to Brentford. I don't know what to make of them. Uh, Man City, Cook against Bournemouth, but haven't looked all that spectacular lately. But every, I think it's the last four Premier League matches. You want to guess what the results have been? I looked it up. It's 1-0. So yeah. <laughs> you know, we always joke that Man U and Chelsea is always a nil-nil or maybe once in a while 1-1. Yeah. Uh, this one's always 1-0 City now, apparently. Yeah. I, You know what bothers me about Man City fans, too? Is they act like they're... Oh, they act like they're God's gift to green earth. They're like, oh man, could you imagine if Chelsea didn't have Cole Palmer and we gave them Yeah, they're that? so kind. It's like, and I'm thinking like, you bought Kovacic for like 40 mil. What are we talking about? You bought like a 30-year-old central midfielder that has injury problems. Yeah, you and basically you sold like what, your top swapped. prospect. Yeah, I don't... You, you, got, you got toasted on a deal. It happens. Yeah. You got Kevin De Bruyne because Chelsea gave up on him. It's, you know, what goes around comes around. I'm going to say uh, City 1-0. And yeah. it's going to be a terrible goal. I would have said Nathan Ake goal, but he scored last week. So, And Akanji yeah. scored too recently. Maybe a Guardiola goal? Is this possible? Yeah, I'm going to say 1-0 too. I don't know. Maybe a John, Stone, John Stone's goal. Stones. Isn't he hurt though? I thought he was hurt. Oh uh, yeah, maybe at the end of last game. Well, we're gonna we played last game, but yeah, I think he did get a knock. Matthias Nunes goal. Rico Lewis goal. Rico Lewis. I, it's gonna be the dumbest guy possible. It'll probably be. We'll say Grealish. It's gonna be Grealish. He'll not, come on in like the seventy seventh minute and not Doku. Hit a low low roller. No, not Doku. He's he cooks so much that he he might do nothing now for like four months and people still coast off that one game <laughs> yeah i could see that <laughs> and people are like he's good it's like uh he hasn't had a goal contribution in 10 match days i think i think we need to reevaluate a little bit somewhat but what what did you have for the prediction one nil. One nil. I mean, who's you scoring you can't go against it i'll say doku i'll say he keeps fate. cooking oh man he is going to now that I went against him. Yeah. As in, I had faith in him. Exactly. Jeremy Doku. I don't know. He kind of had his coming out party where people are like, who's this guy? Oh, that kind of thing. Where people are like looking up clips and it's like, oh, look at his brother in like the Belgian league popping off. When, when shit like that starts happening, it's like, guys, don't really hang around uh, that long. They kind of go a little south. Okay, what was your official prediction for the week again, to remind the listeners? Uh, Leo Trossard brace. Okay. I love when it's an Arsenal one, because then that's how you genuinely feel. It's not some where you're like, uh, we're going to draw with Sheffield. 
There's no anti-jinxing going on. That's, yeah, that's and you know what happens I when I say, oh, Arsenal are going to win? That's when they freaking drop points to freaking Burnley. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, this is why I, I don't, don't predict Arsenal. That's I just, I genuinely, if you told me right now, like you're from Sunday and you're like, yeah, Arsenal don't win this game. I just can't envision how it would happen. And it's not because Arsenal's so good. I just, Burnley's just not, like, I just don't see it. Yeah, I just but don't. If, if there's anyone who would, it'd be Arsenal. They got that anti-dog. I don't know. Anti you, it, it's, it might be Arsenal in second place and Chelsea's first. Even though Chelsea beat them, it's still, I, yeah, my point stands. Chelsea Arsenal can't become the new like, Chelsea where you just drop, you beat like the good teams and then you drop points to the mediocre teams. Yeah, the mediocre to bad teams, because that that's a bad feeling. Because then you finish third every year, and you're like, man, we should. Remember, we lost better. to the team that finished seventeenth, and we're the reason they stayed up. And yeah, that's the worst feeling. Yeah, that's some like Jose Mourinho, Rafa Benitez, Maurizio Sarri ball right there. I mean, <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal are directly responsible for Aston Villa being where they are now. That is true. And you know what? The other result was Watford would stay up. So you tell me what you'd rather have. <laughs> well, we all know Watford would have gone down. Yeah, eventually. I don't know. They could have had Walter Matsari second go around. They gave Kike Sanchez Flores a second go. Imagine a world where Unai Emery goes to Watford instead. I can't envision that world. I can envision that, I guess, more than I can see Burnley outright winning. We'll say that. All right. That was a fantastic episode. Until Absolutely. next week, keep on perusing. And adios, mis amigos. Come on, you hatters.